Live fast, die young, bad girls do it well. Live fast, die young, bad girls do it well. Live fast, die young, bad girls do it well. Live fast, die young, bad girls do it well. My chain hits my chest when I'm banging on the dashboard. My chain hits my chest when I'm banging on the radio. Get back, get down. Pull me closer if you think you can hang. Hands up. Hands tied. Don't go screaming if I blow you with a bang. Ah, suki suki. I'm coming in the Cherokee gasoline. There's steam on the window screen. Take it, take it. Wheels bouncing like a trampoline. When I get to where I'm going, gonna have you trembling. The Spice Girls. Ah, oh, fuck you. I don't know what that oh was, my God. but you were British. You did. Does someone? Hear? We have like nine people in the room while we're recording. Just FYI, <laughs> and one is, of them is British, and I felt like that was cultural appropriation. It, it was British. <laughs> it was cultural appropriation. That was MIA. Well, I feel like it was cultural appropriation. But it was inappropriate. I mean, I've heard of her. I don't know. <gasps> you all need to listen to MIA. Anyone who has a vagina. I don't have one. Yes, you do. <laughs> Hi, hi, Sister Twain. Hi. Hi, Brother Coffee. How are you? Are you Jack Coffee or Jack Coffee? I think it's more Jack Coffee. I really hate that. You do? I like Jack Coffee better. Okay. Well, we can talk about that later. All right. Uh, welcome to Hot Drinks. Hey, it's a podcast. What's a podcast? Listen, it, listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a podcast that Sister Twain and I do where we talk about Mormons and sex. And children. And not being Mormon. And leatherworking. <laughs> and how no one in this room knows who MIA is. It's really disturbing. Okay, she's the one who sang that song for Slumdog Millionaire. That's our guest singing oh, yeah. in the background. Uh, da, We're talking about Jai Ho. Da, 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 da. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's clear now. Now you've, you've made it crystal clear. And take your money. Yeah. Take your money. All I want. Anyway. MIA, she's such a badass. If you want to be my lover. Oh. Did she sing that one? But you guys, that's that's an eternal principle. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. So... But here's what that means. All right, it's not about three ways. You got to fuck your friends. Oh, no. Honey, no. Like, I feel like me and CJ, and the fact that we haven't fucked yet, is our friendship is really on the precipice here. <laughs> it's, uh, we haven't fucked yet, everyone. CJ and I have not. My children are upstairs. I know. I see. I knew he was going to say that. He doesn't care. <laughs> anyway. Um, how have you been? Well... It's a Thursday. We're usually not recording on a Thursday. It's okay. usually on a Sunday. Right. Uh, well, that doesn't matter because the gentle listeners aren't getting this until Monday. That's true. Okay. Because of the schedule. That's British. Schedule. Is that how you say <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so the owner of the restaurant I work for is out of the country. Mm-hmm. And for the last eight days, it has just been me at the helm. And I want you to just imagine me with like a captain's hat. Okay. Okay, kind of perched to the side yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and I'm standing, not and like a like I a kind have, of a slutty sailor costume. Uh, yeah, and I don't have tits akimbo, a and I don't have my both hands on the what do you call it? The steering wheel of the sure, ship. Sure, sure. I don't know the steering wheel of the ship. I just if have one of our hand. gentle listeners had a nautical podcast, can you let us know <laughs> what that's called? Anyway, so I'm fucking exhausted. But how are you? 
I'm great. How's your chakra? <laughs> um, it's actually, it's feeling pretty good. Oh, I'm so glad. I have not but been eating still, a lot. But, and you're not drinking as much. I mean, I'm still drink. I'm drinking, but not as much. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm still an alcoholic, right. but not as much. Because just, we've turned the volume. I mean, down a let's just bit. let's let's get real. How many cocktails would you typically have in a night? Like two or three. But I'm a giant human. Are Don't make that face. Yeah, for real, <laughs> for real. Um, Do we want to talk about women's work? Yeah, yet? we've got some women's work to cover. So I I need to issue two corrections from last week's okay. pod. Well, two. one's a corrections and one's a expansion. Uh, the correction is from my two brothers who happened to both listen to last week's pod. No way. Who said first of all they wanted me to they wanted me to know they were not potheads in high school. It was in college. Wait, are these the two straight brothers? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your gay brother does not listen. Oh, no. He's too busy being gay and fabulous. Is he better than you? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. oh yeah. So much better. <laughs> he's, winning at, he's winning at being gay. <laughs> he has so many more points than me. Anyway, so my two brothers who listened, because you, you recall last week I said they were both potheads and they would come to dinner yeah, totally, dur- totally baked and no, and no one no. had a clue. Yeah. So they wanted to clarify that was in college, not in high school. Oh, they okay. both said they never smoked pot in high school. Where did they go to college? UVCC? Uh, different places. <laughs> I'm not going to out them on this pod. I need to keep their identity secret. Uh, and then my younger brother wanted to point out he has not smoked pot in like 20 years because he has a job that drug tests. So he's, he is no longer a pothead. Uh, that's too bad. But they just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. They were potheads in high school. Okay. I mean in college, not in high school. And then the oh other God, thing that I wanted to clarify. Yeah. So I talked on the podcast about how the term bisexuality is sometimes considered a little out of date because it kind of leans towards a gender binary yeah. Um, rather than a more kind of fluid expression of gender that we understand today. Yes, yes, yes. And then I got a, le- a letter A letter from, what was her name when she was on the podcast? It was Rachel. Rachel. It was a handwritten letter? Yes, it came in the mail. It was a handwritten <laughs> letter in the mail. We got a message from Rachel. Rachel, if you recall, was grew up, um, grew up as a male, well, was married to a woman. Was, was born with male genitalia. Was born with male genitalia. And... Eventually married a woman married, and then went through life expressing male, even though uh, identified she was female. As female. Yeah, um, married a woman in the temple. Yes, yes, and, and then recently in the last several years, in the last just like two, yeah, came out as trans and is in mm-hmm. her transition. Yeah, and anyway, so she wrote in and she said that she does identify as bisexual, and she I got her permission to share this, but she said for me the difference between bisexuality and pansexuality is preferences. Bisexuality is love for your own and other genders. Pansexuality is a love for people regardless of gender. I say I'm bisexual because I do find a lot of people attractive, but I tend to skew more towards the sapphic side. Do you know what sapphic means? No. It means lesbian. Like sapphic, it means like... Oh. Uh, so is that yes. like the opposite of phallic? No. I mean, no. Phallic's more about a penis. Yeah, yeah. Sapphic means... Yeah, so she skews more towards the lesbian Sapphic. side of things yes she said historically yes bisexual is used for two genders but there are a lot of cis trans non-binary and gender fluid people who use the term so there you go so some people still use the and term bisexual we, and we, that's fine we have another friend who reached out and she does not have a special name yet she hasn't been on the podcast but you know who she is um, I'll just say she's in that mountain commune in, in oh, Pablo okay, Creek okay. Canyon. And she was like, can bisexuals just fucking be bisexuals? It's like she was pretty vehement. Oh. Yeah. So maybe I should not have spoke on behalf I of the mean, bisexuals. I mean, she she explained that she gets where we were coming from. Right. But at the same time, like, 
there've been there's been so many years where people were like is bisexual really or either just like straight or gay right, right, right? Right, right and so she was so confused growing up because she was like i really am sexually attracted to men and women yeah so anyway i just anyway. i'm just i think well, that it opened up a good conversation well but then and then let me just apologize i hope i didn't offend anyone or i shouldn't have spoke on behalf of bisexuals just because i'm gay you know, doesn't give me the right to speak for bisexuals. If that's the first so I apologize. Time, if that's the first time we've offended somebody. I mean, <laughs> but I would rather, I mean, if we've offended like cis straight people, I don't care. If we've offended the bisexuals, <laughs> I, I feel bad. Cis straight people, stay out of rimming. It's not for you. <laughs> this, this belongs to us. Anyway. Do you have any other women's work? This belongs to us. Maybe that's the name of the book. Oh, maybe that's maybe that should be on a T-shirt. This. What if it just said "rimming" with a little star, and then the star down below said, "This belongs to us." Belongs to us. Uh, Any other women's work? Um, not that I can think. I just want to remind the gentle listeners of our Patreon. Oh. Um, hmm, Yeah. What's a Patreon? Well, it's a thing where you can sign up for a tier. And in within that tier, you give a certain amount of money a month, mm-hmm. just out of kindness. But we do give you something in return. Yeah, different things for at different some, kingdoms. At some point, a newsletter is going to go out for that tier. Yes, and a vlog. Oh yeah, sure. We have we a couple. We have a couple ideas for the vlog for this month. Maybe we'll use one for this month and one for December. But um, is one of them going caroling? It's not. That was an idea. I don't idea. want to do that. It, was an, <laughs> it makes I thought me it was so a great idea of just, of just Brother Coffee and I going caroling. Just by ourselves. With a selfie stick. Just. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no. I was like, I <laughs> want to die. <laughs> anyway, that's all. Um, okay. Shall we? Uh, I think we have time yeah, to let's introduce, introduce our, our guest star. Um, just like on the love boat, we have guest stars sometimes. And tonight, as all of you should know, because I've been putting it out there. Um, is our very favorite therapist or resident therapist, we should say, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Welcome, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour! Thank you. I'm really honored to be here. This is my very exciting night. Wait, I, I said this earlier, but we do have like three other oh, yeah. people in Let's the room. Say who There's, else is here. So we have C. Jane is here. The Lord and Savior at your service. <laughs> We have another friend with a mystery name that we haven't given her a name yet. Do I have to say something? Just say You hi. don't have Hello. to say anything. And then we have a British friend. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You guys, she really is British, though. You are. And I she's, am. <laughs> I am actually British. She's a doula and who doesn't want to have a baby with someone telling you to breathe. I know. I'm um, It's been a while since I did a birth, so if anyone really? needs... So Azula, it's I'm been here. a while since she's done a birth, but she does know lots about birth and babies. I don't want to do. say specific things about my job because I try to keep it out of here. But oh there God. are there are roles in my job where people need to deal with upset customers. Mm. And we have two British people that work at my store. And I'm like, you guys do that job. Just no one's going to yell at you if you're like, oh, listen, it's just it's like, so terrible. It's yeah. like... Retail doulas. Yeah. It's what yeah. it is. So anyway. Right. So we have a little audience. So if you hear some clapping or some noise in the background, that's why. Hooten and hollering. Hooten and hollering. So Sister um, <laughs> Sister Hoffman, yes. Philip Seymour. Yes. <laughs> P- PSH. Sister PSH. Pshaw. Um, give us a little, like, give us a little mini history of yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Your yeah, your life, so, your okay, story. Just like quick readers. Yes. Sure, whatever. Do sure. you want to say what your real name is in case there are people that want to look you up for help? It's totally I don't up to care. You. It's totally up to you. 
we'll just say Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fine. I'm, if people know me, they're yeah. going to know it's me. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. But uh, I mean, but they the... could also contact you guys, yes. and I'm happy with them to give your name. Okay, great. And, and, and all, all the secret identities are so just ironclad. I know. Just so secret. <laughs> I know. I know. So no one will ever okay. figure out who you are. So let's see. Grew up in the Salt Lake area till I was 15. Moved to the Pacific Northwest area. Um, when? Like 15 years old, all through high school, went to college up there. You moved to Pacific Northwest when you were 15? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you live there too? No. No, okay. <laughs> um, and then went on a Mormon mission. <gasps> to where? I went to Japan. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, that Which mission? Me. It was the Sendai mission where that, oh, okay. all the... <gasps> what? Gary Kendrick. Gary Kendrick went to Sunday. We should talk Japanese together that I don't remember anymore. <laughs> but, you know. Japan, that sounds like you were pretty righteous then. I was, no. <laughs> I was, grew up in a liberal Mormon family. So I was, I mean, yeah, I was always pretty nuanced, even on my mission. I was like, they're brainwashing me, mom and dad. They're trying to tell me that if I have obedience, that then I will have people to convert to the church. They do tell you that they do. all and the I was time. Like, this is not true. You know, so. You're like, this is not a yeah, thing. Yeah, so that, and then moved back to Utah, met my husband, went to grad school for marriage and family therapy, started a private practice. Then I got my specialty. So I'm an ASEX certified sex therapist. Wait, and a what sex therapist? ASECT. It's just like... ASECT. It's like the American... The governing body of sex therapists? Yes, the okay. governing body. Sex and educators, counselors, and therapists is what okay. it sounds for. And so you came, You said that you... Okay, so you were born in the Salt Lake area. Yes. Went to the Pacific Northwest. Yep, came, area. Went on a mission. Went on a mission. Came back to Utah. Came back to Utah. Was that for school? Um, it was just like everybody had graduated from my college and I had no friends up oh, there. Okay. <laughs> so, so I was like, let's just go back to Salt Lake. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, had lots of friends and family here still. So it was and, like an and easy. Met your husband here? Met my husband. At that point. Yeah. And then when did you go back to the Pacific Northwest? Um, like a year after we married. We were married. Oh, so you've been there for long, long time. No, it's been, been a while. Okay. Since 2007. Wh- which, which is more home to you? Salt Lake? I feel or? so split in my heart. Oh, okay. And now my parents and my sisters just moved here this year. And so then it feels even more split. Because oh. all of us we're in the northwest uh, hung out a lot oh isn't that something how people end yeah. up in utah yeah the worst <laughs> no i like utah yeah there's like good Salt things Lake. there are great things did you hear tan france talk about utah on his no. podcast it was so I sweet not. at the radio west with doug oh, oh ashley wants to sleep with doug i mean oh. sister twain uh sister twain wants to have sex I with have doug fabrizio the hard eyes for him all oh over the place God. his just voice it's just like why yeah is he cute he's, in real life or is uh-huh. it just the voice i have oh, no, no idea what he actually attractive. looks like okay but okay. i think he's shorter than me what's the one i'm sorry what's the one yeah, but he, he, like he would maybe just ask interesting questions while making love to you maybe oh <laughs> god i love that she said making love and not fucking me <laughs> It's beautiful. I would love so it. Doug would make love. He wouldn't. Oh fuck. my god! <laughs> so that's who I am. So well, we are so glad to have you. We just happened. You happened to be here for something, and yep. you were in town, and so have we you thought because we're not fancy enough. Hey, we're doing a podcast over here, Sister Twain. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Uh, we are not fancy enough to like mm-hmm. Skype people in. We haven't figured out that technology it's fine. yet. I was here. So happy. We're so long time listeners. And so first time, first time guest. <laughs> So we're going to take a little break. And then when we come back, we have had readers send in. Readers. Gentle listeners send in questions about sex and Mormon shame and all all those things that go hand in hand. Mormon shame trade. Mormon shame TM. Oh, I love it. It's like sex with an asterisk. Mormon shame TM. Put that on merch. Yeah. Because I'm coming up with good merch tonight. (laughs) Good merch. So we're going to take a little break. 
So stay tuned. And then we're going to talk about Mormon shame. Holy shit. I'm we're back. We are. We're back. Here's what I like to do is in the, while you're mid-sentence, okay. I'll just start recording. Oh, that's so well, so I don't give you a lot of warning. There's our, no countdown. Our twaint is mid like. <clears throat> yeah. And then I'm like, we're back. Yeah. So anyway, fine. so we, so Twain has put out the clarion call on the, in, on the social medias and mm-hmm. said, send us your sex questions. Yeah. And we have three pages of them. Yes, we So do. we may not get to every question. I mean, it's like a 14 point font, it looks like. Okay, it's a big font. That was you that did that. There are some emojis in there <laughs> I know, as well. I know. So um, we may not get to every question. So if you sent a question and we did not get to it, we are really sorry. We're uh, going to do our very best. Well, I think we're going to get But some I think more. you're going to get some good themes. Yeah, some themes. So. Yeah, yeah. all right. So. Here's our first, our first question. I don't know if you have listened Philip Seymour Hoffman to the past couple of episodes, but um, okay. my sister, Sister Volda, okay. recently encountered yes. a man who did not want to go down on her because he was not in love with her. Okay. So, um, okay. Sister Volva's question, I just totally outed her identity her on this Her question, question is like, what the fuck is the up with that? <laughs> Top three reasons why a straight man mm. does not want to eat pussy. Mm. Okay. Let's okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. I think probably anxiety is the biggest thing. Anxiety, like performance anxiety. Just anxiety about not knowing what to do, confidence. Like okay, okay. And this is going to be. Are you a taking theme. notes? Are you going to? I feel are like you this is a mail theme. this to Sister Volva. I feel like this is a theme for many, many sexual issues. Okay. Anxiety. Okay. So we're going to be talking about it a lot. Okay. So maybe a lot of times. Mormon men might not have a lot of experience. If they do have experience, they feel lots of Mormon guilt, Mormon shame. TM. TM. <laughs> Trademark. Okay. It really is. Yeah. Like literally I see lots of Mormons, post-Mormons, and this is a thing. Okay. I'm not trying oh. to be light about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hear you guys talking about it all the time yeah. too, right? Yeah. And so it's, a, it's like a real problem. And I think you've mentioned before how I've talked about how the sexual shame shows up really, really similar to sexual abuse trauma. Okay, yeah. there's a lot of trauma, so I'm That's not so... saying it lightly. I could do a whole podcast just about that. I, I could too. I hey. should. <laughs> so, so here, as well as leatherworking, but um, here's the thing, though. Like there are other former Mormon men. Yeah. And by the way, this man, this man that Sister Volva is talking about has, is a nevermo. Nevermo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I have been with exmo men who just... Exmo men? Exmo men uh-huh. who just dive headfirst into the it's pussy. A totally personal thing. Okay. And I think it's like confidence, right? So some men might be really confident that they don't mind smell. They're like, I'll take you anytime if you're sweaty and... Post exercise, give it to me, you know. But like, but like, eat, but they dive down into the deep, like Adele. It's like um, like Adele. <laughs> Some people rolling it. in the deep, but like face fucking. That's what that song's about. It's like a, str- a stress reliever for them. They love being in there, regardless of how it makes us feel, even though it makes us feel great. Yeah, they just want to be in the pussy. Yeah, I just think it's the type of man. Why aren't you right? doing it right? I'm trying my hardest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so anxiety. I think anxiety, I think confidence okay. would be number two. Just like feeling confident. Mm-hmm. I, I also think maybe like 
yeah, confidence, anxiety would probably be my two highest ones. Okay. okay. And maybe not having a comfort and a com- being able to like conversate. <laughs> Conversate Together. about it. A communication. You thing. know, being able to say yeah. like, hey, how do you be confident? If it's like if you have insecurities or you don't know what you're doing, like how do we talk about it? And yeah. How do we learn and how but do we I be guess, open? And But I guess, too, there is a reality of a hetero man maybe not liking the smell and the taste of it. Right. So then you talk about it. Okay. Right? You say, hey, should we try it post-shower? Should we... Like, you know, dental dams, whatever. I'm not a huge fan, but, you know, I mean, there's other things that people can do. Okay. You know, there's also tons of toys that are specific to kind of the same sensation as oral sex. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I I just think it's like, it's all about how do you together work it out, right? And I know Sister Volvo is listening to thinking... I know what I need to do for me. I just want to know what the fuck was wrong well, with and him. It sounds because I did listen to your comment that he then later was like, okay, okay. maybe maybe I'll do it now. Yeah, yeah. And what's really a big theme is like being desired for women. Women's sexuality is so much more narcissistic. We <sighs> want to feel sexy. We want to feel desired to be able to have sex. Okay. Whereas <laughs> men, some men will say, nothing turns me on more than seeing her turned on. Some men yes. say that, yes. right? Yes. But women, it's not like, oh, he's got such a hard dick. I can't wait to get that in my mouth. You know, <laughs> that's not what they're going to They're going to say, I need to get in, turn my sexy head brain on. Uh-huh. Okay. A lot of times, I think it was mentioned, Come As You Are book. I think. Our <gasps> I can't wait. CJ. I ordered it. I ordered okay. it. It's it is, coming. It's coming. It is so good. It's coming as it is. <laughs> she also, it's coming, it's coming. she does, she reads it, Emily Nagowski. She's a brilliant woman, okay? She reads her own, like she the, reads her like own book. Like the audio book. Oh. Her audio book. Oh, my God. Totally worth listening to because she is – I have a serious girl crush on her. She's so smart, so yeah. brilliant, yeah, yeah. so normalizing, you know? I love so that. every listener here, gentle listeners, yes. please get Come As Come You Are. Come As You Are. It's like – Get it coming do as you, it is. It, and, and so we do have listeners that um, identify – As all – uh, yeah, we, I, I, we have them all over the spectrum. So, yes. do you think that book? All is, everyone. Okay. Every okay, every genital type. Every it's just so every empowering for being able to say okay. like I can own my own sexual personality. Okay. I know what I'm clear about that. Well, we can talk more about some of the science that has come out of her book. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. but Sister Volva, if you're listening, you obviously it's about desire stuff. Right. Right. Like you want to feel like the guy's into it. Right. We also think he might. Um, be a heroin addict. So, okay. <laughs> did how come that was? How come that wasn't on your list? <laughs> it could be heroin. That no, number th- it's her. confidence. Number one, anxiety. Number two, or number three, he might be a heroin addict. Okay, I'm shocked we didn't hear that. Okay, okay. Next question. Okay. I'm starting with the lighter questions first. Okay. okay. Oh, good. Oh, that was light. That was light. Porn. Where porn. is good oh, okay. porn? porn? Maybe I just. This is the mm, direct quote. Okay. Porn. Where is good porn? Maybe I just don't like porn. I don't know. So here's okay. my question. Okay. For the good stuff, and this this came from a woman. Okay. Do you have to pay for the good stuff? Because the free porn is all the same shit. Okay. You know what I mean? Go okay, ahead. Well, I will also like to talk to you guys about this, but oh, okay. here's also my feeling. Okay. 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 When we are, how would you say most of your listeners, gentle listeners, are? Like post-Mormons? Yeah. Okay. I think the okay. only one who's not is sitting in the room right I, now. No, I would say a good, I would say a good 90% because we do have a couple we of never Mormons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is. It's I, not the British person. I'm going to, I'm going to like give a little bit of like history before I launch into the answer. Oh, of this. I can't wait. Okay? I'm going to get some wine. Keep going. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this is what I feel like if I were to plop, you know, like tons of people on my couch or just talking to friends, everything like this is what I see. So Mormon people grow up. 
lots of sexual shame, okay? Right. Or TM. If, TM. If they did be naughty, they feel like, isn't it so lucky that this person is going to marry me even right. though I had right. sex, right. you know? Right, right, right. Or... Um, or if they did nothing, they don't know much about it. Or if they masturbated or if they looked at porn, they feel like I'm a sex addict. Right. Clearly, right? Right. right. And because I looked at porn three times when I was a high schooler. Right. Whatever. I'm a okay. deviant. Okay. Right. So then boys get messages. Men get messages. I'm like touching Josh. You're fine. Okay? <laughs> All you want. Men get messages. You're the only man in the room. Fine. Okay. <laughs> like the harder you work on your mission, the hotter your wife will be. Right. So there's these messages I think that Mormon men get. About literally in my patriarchal blessing. In your patriarchal blessing. Yes, it literally says that. The harder you work, the hotter your wife will Not be. Not hotter, but, but more or less. <laughs> okay. We're going to have a whole episode about patriarchal blessing. Okay. That's coming up. Oh, that'll be okay. round table. Okay, okay. So this is what I see happen. Men, men get like, say, I'm going to be a good Mormon boy, but then once I get married, all the sex, right. all the blowjobs. Like, right. I cannot wait to be able to just spread my sperm all. everywhere. Right. Women, the messages are, you need to not show your shoulders. You need right. to, like, keep those boys, get them on right. the mission. There's all that kind of cultural context. Sex is going to hurt. We heard a story earlier tonight, which we won't talk about. But there's a lot of messages about sex is going to hurt. It might be painful. Like, prepare. You know, it's something that you need to do so your husband doesn't cheat on you or look up porn. So there's... A, but then there's also this, like, expectations. How of, like, are any of us still alive? Okay. <laughs> How are any of us still living? Just functioning. How are we waking up and getting in the cars and going to work in the morning? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So then, there, but then there's also this tone of like temple, most sacred place. Right. You, it's, there's some sex positivity about like when you, get have, when you guys get married, you're going to be able to have great sex. And so there's these weird tones. There's like double speak a little bit. Right. Then there's a lot of expectation though. Right. Then they get, they get married. And then right. there's the honeymoon. And then it's like, wah, wah. <laughs> Right? Yes. It's like right, Tisha? Tisha, are you listening? Wah, wah. That was our whole honeymoon. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo, Tisha. We all heard. You know, and, it, and I mean, not, maybe not for everybody, but I think a lot of people, men are like, this is what I was a good Mormon boy for? Like, and then women don't know how to, like, really connect with their bodies as much, you know? Or if they do, they feel really bad. Or they're, like, it takes a little while to get good at sex is what I say. Yeah. You know? It's not like you got to get good at it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but what happens is if they don't talk about it, which we don't really have tools to talk about sexuality, right. which is why it's good to have podcasts like this. Okay? Right, right. Okay. Yeah. So then what happens is, is that usually men will go back to their old ways of, you know, like porn, masturbating. It's all in secret. The woman finds out, looks at his search history. <gasps> How could you? The yeah. worst thing. To yeah. the, to, like, you're, you're, what a horrible priesthood holder you are. Right. right. I don't feel safe with you anymore. Right. If you want women that look like that, then I don't want to have sex with you. Right. Okay. So then it, it's messy. And then they come on my couch and then they're like, fix him. He's a porn addict. And I'm like, you've come to the wrong therapist. Yeah. Therapy <laughs> You, you said, said they come, on, said my come on my couch. <laughs> my gosh, you guys, get you your mind out of the gutter. You can't say the word come. We just talked about a book for 10 minutes called Come As You Are. And how it's coming, <laughs> and is it coming I as it is. I, I didn't even think of it. But they come, they, uh, they arrive they, and sit, they on, sit the couch. on my couch. Upon my the therapist's says, couch. Hey, he looked at porn again. He's an addict. Oh my God. Can, we, can we, like, can you, like, shape him up? And I said, uh, what about your sexuality? So, Porn. Now this is the question. We yeah. come back to it, right? So it's like, how do you then go from this like rigid thinking around pornography, masturbation, all that kind of stuff, to kind of like opening up a little bit? Now, you guys are so open, which I love. Yeah. But like, I mean, obviously, I have so many questions for you. Like, how did Can't you wait. arrive there? You know, because I think most people do have to kind of work out this stuff around. 
I'm going to allow myself to look at porn. Like yeah. I'm going to search it, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it has been this big, scary thing for so long. Mm-hmm. Right. But do you it, want us to answer that question? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to answer it? Do you yeah, want me to, okay. I have my answer. Go for it. Okay. Did you have the paradigm of like porn is bad? Okay. Not necessarily because, um, all right. When I was a little girl. Oh, no, Jesus. I'm just kidding. Oh, oh, okay. We're back to the Bayou <laughs> and that little porn magazine that you sold to the no, other no, kids no, in no, your no. neighborhood. No, okay. So, um, number one, I'm just going to take you through some numbers. <laughs> number one. I shouldn't have let you go first. Um, when my ex-husband, who I knew was gay from the get-go, told me that he had been looking at gay porn the first time. I only felt compassion Um, because clearly he was still wanting something that I wasn't able to provide, a marriage marriage like ours. Right. And then, so there's that. I just felt compassion. By the way, gay from the get-go is my uh, one-man show. Gay from the (laughs) get-go. It's a one-act play I have coming up. (laughs) Starring Lou Diamond in, Phillips. In Salt Lake City Fringe. Um, so, Lou Diamond Phillips? What in Jesus' name? I don't know. Anyway. So, um, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Three names. Get it? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Um, but, okay. So, there's number one. Anytime he told me that he had looked at porn and he always felt like he had to tell me after a certain amount okay. of guilt of crushed him. Did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I only felt compassion. Uh, number two, when... I finally accepted within myself how fucked up the church was about homosexuality. It was very easy for me, and I know this isn't the case for all, as a former straight spouse, to understand that the church is pretty fucked up about sexuality in general. And so for me to be able to learn about things that I didn't understand... One of the first places I went to was the free porn sites, understanding that it's mostly fantastical and right. Uh, um, But but just as a mechanism for me to explore things that I didn't know. Right. It was education. It was just education with the grain of salt that I get that it's porn. I get that it's staged. Mm -hmm. And so with the two things being compassionate towards my husband about his looking, his looking at porn and accepting that the Mormon church is just generally fucked up about sexuality. And also so much of my adult life, there was so much talk about porn. You know, my, my husband would come home from priesthood conference and I'd go, how many talks about porn, mm-hmm. you know, and with already me having a compassionate leaning towards it, it was just like, don't they get that beating the drum of porn is not the right thing to do? For the answer what? is no, they don't get for, it. Right, they no, don't, they don't no, get it. Don't okay, get so that. anyway, what's your answer? Um, I mean, for me as an adolescent, as a closeted gay adolescent, um, it was a super complicated thing because Porn was the only way that I could explore or express my sexuality. But then, of course, I felt immense shame and guilt. And I also, for a long time, was in this sort of cycle of thinking that the porn was what was causing me to be gay. And if I could stop looking at the porn, I could stop being gay, you know? So I went through that for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I really felt guilty about it like my whole life. And then, and when I was married, I felt guilty about it because I would still look at it. And again, I would think, oh, if I could stop this, like things would be better or, you know, because as Tish and I discussed on a previous episode, um, we had a lot of sexual dysfunction in our marriage. And I kept thinking like, well, if I can just stop looking at the porn. And I think we even talked about it at one point and she knew and she was fine with it. Like she didn't care at all. She was like, okay, whatever. I don't think I, I don't, I didn't tell her it was gay porn, but she was like, I don't care if you look at porn. Like, okay. it was never like an issue for her. you had that negotiation yes. in your monogamy. Yeah. But I still felt guilty about it. Of course you did. Um, anyway, and then I think it was literally just like, it was similar to, I remember after leaving the church, I was, it was around September, October, and I was driving around one day, and I was like, I'm going to go get a pumpkin spice latte. And it was just this feeling of like, I can go do this and it doesn't matter. And it's not like I didn't care anymore. The weight was gone. The weight was gone. And okay. so I went to Starbucks and got a pumpkin spice latte. And then I was like, this isn't very good. And then, <laughs> but it was the same thing with porn. Like one day I was just like, oh, I don't have to feel guilty about this anymore. Yeah. Like I can just. It didn't have the power. Over it, this anymore. doesn't have to be weird anymore. Like I can just do it and it's fine and it it's no like, big deal. Uh, just a day though? Yeah, literally. Yeah. Like you For, went from being like wrecked with yeah, Guilt. to just being like, sweet, now I can do it whenever I want. Okay. And I was like, great, yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll get into this more later. Okay. Anyway, okay. <laughs> I, I want to, we're going a little long on this segment, so I want to take a little break, and then Should I want to come back. Should we just say where to find good porn? Yeah, yes, oh yeah, please. wrap up this question, then we'll take a break, and oh, then yes. we'll get to our next question. Especially because the question came from a woman, so okay. with that in mind. So like, sometimes just to start out, I would tell people, maybe just like do gift searching. So like, if you're like, threesome gif, and just look at the gifts. Gifts are, oh. are more quality for some Well, reason. it's just, you're getting exactly what you want in yeah. a little take, yeah. right? Yeah. And you can look and be like, nah, I don't like that, you know, yeah. but it's and not like you don't have to watch it. Not gifts like Christmas. I mean, right. some people say GIF, some people say GIF. I don't know. I don't agree with those people that say GIF. <laughs> I'm, GIF. I'm a GIF. GIF. I'm. A, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. A I'm a GIFer. <laughs> I'm a GIFer. So look for anyway, GIFs. Maybe GIFs. You know. Okay. Um, the other thing is like there's like feminist, um, feminist porn guide. There, some people want to have ethical porn. Uh-huh. Um, Erica Lust is somebody that has ethical porn. She's a woman producer, so she produces it from a woman's view. I think. But some does of she those, have to pay? Do you have I to pay for it? You have to pay for. Okay. You know, I would say. Getting good at searching, you know? Is it kind of a you get what you pay for thing? Like, if you, if there's something that's really specific or that you really want or that is or that is scratching a particular itch for you, you may need to find, like, a quality producer that's producing that? Maybe. Maybe? I mean, okay. it's like porn is used to titillate, right? Yeah. And then you're done. Yeah, that's true. You know, I don't know. I think sometimes we give porn a lot of power and... You have to it think about what is your purpose of need a lot porn. of power. That's Erica Lust. That's oh. Erica Lust, That's yeah. Nasty. She's okay. real popular. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of what, because like, you know, people want different things for different things. So, listener, you can call and say, this is what I specifically want. And maybe I can give you some ideas. But That's great. Okay. That's you know, a great awesome. idea. So, gifts are one to start with. Okay. Erica Lust, Feminist Porn Guide is another place to go to. Is that oh, a website, Feminist yep, Porn Guide? Yeah, okay. and then they lead you to like different ones different that have sites. a little bit yeah. more par- feminist lean. The other one is Make Love Not Porn. That is also paid, but it's oh. basically like real people-ish. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's okay. take a break. Some ideas. We're back. We ate a lot of cheese on the break. Oh, well, I mean, when you put out a cheese board and you put out a good cheese board. Well, here's the thing. I was just telling our guests, you texted me about an hour before you got here and you said, okay, I've stopped and I grabbed the wine. I told you to grab some Blackhawk Down. Yeah. You said, I've got the wine. Should I go and grab some crackers and cheese? And I was like, I've got a fucking charcuterie board. Like, what what do you think I was (laughs) raised by wolves? wolves? (laughs) Like, no, like, I'm not going to have guests over and not put out a charcuterie board. (laughs) All right, so in no particular order now, okay. but but I have the questions kind of organized by theme. Okay. Um, there is one unsex-related, one unrelated sex, 
non-sex question. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. We'll ask it at some point. But right now, there are two questions that are somewhat related from two different people. A dear friend of mine asked how to have the conversation with a partner that you can't orgasm because they're always like, well, I'll be the one to finally give you that orgasm. Or I just cave and lie at some point because it's embarrassing. And what she's saying is that she can't or hasn't orgasmed. And then the companion question to that, and so that you can just kind of speak to the, the overall thing. Um, uh, Companion question, I'm 40, female, and I'm on antidepressants and rarely climax. I'm sure you hear that a lot. All the time. Sometimes I can with my vibrator. Sex with a person is enjoyable, but I don't really come when I'm with someone. What can I do to have an orgasm with my partner? So we have someone who can have orgasms, but because of our antidepressants doesn't. And then we have someone who's literally never had one with a partner. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Oh, yeah, just hold it. Oh, yeah, let me. Jesus, take the wheel. (laughs) Okay, so I have, let's talk about what are the goals of sex. Okay, so if you went to a restaurant and the service was shitty and the chairs were uncomfortable and the appetizer was gross and the food was kind of cold, but like the dessert was really pretty good. You probably wouldn't want to go back, right? So what I say a lot is I think that becoming really goal-focused around sex is problematic. And what I would like to change the narrative to if I had a magic wand, I would much rather have it become more pleasure-focused, okay? Okay. So when people say that when they do surveys of people about what do you want from sex, what comes up the most is pleasure and connection, okay? Not orgasm. Not orgasm. I mean, I always want women... I want men to have, I want it people, I want all kinds of you people. Want everyone to have orgasms. I, I, I'm time. still a fan of orgasms, right. but what I think creates this anxiety for people around, like, I can't, you know, I can't get off when someone's there. I can do it by myself, but not with someone. Again, anxiety, right? Anxiety. All the, anxiety. 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 Okay. Thank you. I really. Wait, can I ask a question about yeah. that? Do you find that's more, I mean, do you find that's more true with heterosexual couples or do you find that's true with all couples? That it's very goal oriented. I would say with all couples okay. and orientations, okay. and you know, I don't know. What about you? Well, I mean, <laughs> personally, my my obviously my heterosexual sex was very limited. It was within so a marriage, anxiety, though. but it, but it was very goal focused. Oh, it was and your guys' like, episode made done. me cry. Yeah, yeah, though yeah. I want to just say, but, if but we can go back to that. My... It was so sweet. Thank you. Can I just stop, Thank Tisha? You. If you're listening, Tisha's amazing. It was it was like all round of applause. It was it was like so tender. It haunted me like a sweet ghost. It was just lovely, wasn't it? Lovely. Yes. I don't know. I really loved it. But But what I was gonna say. But what I was gonna say is, I feel like my experiences having sex with men, it's very much, it's very, it's very much more just pleasure focused. Like it doesn't have to be about penetration. It doesn't have to be about. It can just be about whatever. Like it can be about whatever works. Spitting in my mouth. Whatever works. Whatever works, you guys. Okay. And, and sometimes I have not come or I've been with a guy who hasn't come and it like doesn't feel like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And again, like my experience is skewed because mm-hmm. when I was in a marriage, like not coming or not achieving the goal mm-hmm. was like this sign that like something was broken okay. and something was wrong. But for me, it's a, it's a night and day difference of like 
goal versus just like having okay. a good time. Do you are you able to get it into a relaxed place and a pleasure place? I mean, I'm still crazy, and we'll get we can talk about this okay. more later. Like, okay. I'm still very very in my head, okay. but it is much more. It's much more about just about going with the flow and yeah, whatever, and, and not like about like not about we, we've got to get to this point, which, which is, is what I felt like when yeah. I was heterosexual. So yeah. that's why I wondered. Well, I mean, I think with hetero, with you know maybe people that are gay, they've had to confront their sexuality in a different way than heterosexual people. True. They do better at consent conversations about like, hey, I'm a top, you're a bottom. Okay, let's right. like do this or yeah. whatever, you know. <laughs> Whereas heterosexual people don't do that There's as a lot well. Of assumptions, right? Yeah. I think like the kink community and the gay community, they're doing that those conversations around sexuality better because they've had to do it forever. Interesting. Okay. okay. Whereas okay. heterosexual people, it's just like I think his penis went in. Yeah. Like you know, like when I hear virgin or like you know, like losing their virginity story, sometimes my heart just is like oh. Yeah. It's like, oh, I then his penis was just in me. And you're like, that was it? Like, that you know, was, that was the moment. You know, and so, you know, there's like less conversation of like, what do you like? What are you into? You know, I feel like maybe with the gay community, there might be more of that. Probably. Yeah. Okay. So okay. it's more about pleasure and less about the goal. Yeah. But even though, let's, I mean, I'm still happy to talk about orgasm. So I have, so the friend, my dear friend who asked the initial question, who okay. says she's never been able to orgasm yeah. with a partner. And I don't know if she's orgasmed from masturbation or not. Okay. Um, but like, I think, uh, I, I have a couple of questions about that specifically. Like, she's female. And as we all know, it's harder to orgasm as a female. Um, and number two, like, if that's something that she wants to make happen, mm-hmm. and, may, and and I know she does enjoy sex. She okay. has lots of it. Okay. But she feels, I, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I think she feels like a failure. That she can't have an orgasm with a partner. Right. Okay. So she's not failing. But also, okay. she's only 24. Okay. So she's got so much time to figure it out. Yeah. And it's hard. Sometimes questions are hard because I would be like, I would ask, like, a thousand more you questions before, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's so about off the cuff, just like, okay, initial question, right? Yeah. Um, so with orgasm mm-hmm. and partnering, there, it is kind of, it's very, very vulnerable. Yeah. You know, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But right. like, you know, her not being, her maybe being able to do it by herself, but not with her partner. I think a lot of women, here's another trademark, is that we have a pleasure complex, TM. You know, where it's like, we feel guilty if we eat food. We feel guilty if we oh, sleep too long. We feel guilty if we want to enjoy sex. Childhood. Okay, she has a pleasure complex. Yeah, her, so, her stepmother, who raised her from about age seven, okay. would weigh her regularly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, would always comment. She had to ask permission to eat anything mm, in the house. Okay. And also, let's throw in that this person grew up in the same neighborhood as Sherry Dew and Russell M. Nelson. Mm-hmm. And so that whole Mormon culture okay. was just like... So, so if she were my client, yeah. <laughs> what I would be talking to her about is saying, how do we give affirmations to herself? Mm. Simple affirmations I of, that. I can feel pleasure. Oh. Like in the moment... Right. Just yeah. Because, you know, a lot of women have been like we've been groomed in a culture that it's very much about like pleasuring the man. Mm -hmm. And it's we are this kind of the self-sacrificing behavior that we've done a lot. Always. Then it just leads to resentment. So that's why when people have been married for years and years and they're like, 
I'm done. You know, like I, I've been faking an orgasm our whole marriage, you know, cause it's like that self-serving, that self-sacrificing behavior uh-huh. isn't always like from the, your best self. Right. Right. And so what I would, a lot of times I say, make a list of even three affirmations to help with the anxiety, helpful, help with like being present in sex. I think you and CJ had a great conversation about bodies and women. <gasps> Loved it. Bodies. 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 Uh No, you're fine. Keep going. No, no, no. Keep going. I just want to check where we're at. Okay. So I would say (laughs) affirmations. I get to experience pleasure. My sexuality is part of my humanity. You know, being able in the moment, instead of body monitoring, you guys talked about this. So a lot of people are like... When you say in the moment, you mean while having sex? She should be doing these affirmations? Yes, absolutely, in your head. Because a lot of times women are like, oh, it's taking so long. Oh, he probably thinks I smell. (laughs) Oh, am I... I like all the anxiety that we bring, you know, a lot of people, it's not just women, right, right, you know, right, but right. like, but instead of saying, Oh, this is taking too oh, pressure, pressure. I should, I should be going. I should, be, why can't I come with a partner? Oh, am I going to fart? Oh, I hope it does. I don't queef when I'm, you know, like all those things, like I'm falling off the bed. Like, you know, pee? am I going to pee? You know, uh Oh, like, you know, did I squirt? You know, just like the things that you might be having, you're thinking about, but you're not really just in the pleasure. Like his mouth is on me. Can we, have a merch this is the merch episode just a person in bed with a thought bubble that says like am i gonna fart just a list am just all those pee? thoughts yeah pee? i'm falling I'm, off the I bed i hope i don't come too fast yeah does know? he think i smell weird mm-hmm. like just i like that okay okay do you see but that's all the things that you're thinking about instead of being like this feels so good i get to have pleasure i i can't worry about my body cj well i, I this is why i always say being drunk or being high is so helpful, okay. right? But if you're not into those vices, you famously said that on NPR I sure that did. you should be drunk or high. <laughs> like, okay. Weed and sex, I could have a whole podcast oh, about it. I'm a huge fan. I, I mean, we, let's talk about it another time. Let's like maybe on the break we can talk about this because I have lots to say. But how do we get there without having alcohol and drugs? Like, I believe we can. Okay, I'm going to leave the best in all of us gentle listeners, okay, that you can get to a point where you can say, I can be in this moment. I can feel this pleasure. I deserve pleasure. This is not the natural man. You know, that fear of like, you're not an enemy to God. You're not an enemy to God. This <laughs> yeah. is not this. Even even in your gayness, Josh, you feeling like this isn't a bad act that I'm doing. Right. This is right. lovely. Right. This is part of my humanity. Right. I get to have pleasure, you know. Right. And that is what sometimes we're thinking about a hundred different other things instead of just saying, if I have an orgasm, great. If I don't, then I'm still experiencing something that hopefully feels good and that I am connecting with a person, whether it's just a one night stand or a 40 year marriage, you know? I love it. Okay. See, Jane's about to have an orgasm. So we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. Sister Twain is very drunk right now. So we have so many more questions to get through that are about sex. But before we get into those, I thought I'd go ahead and ask the one that's not... Sex related. You're right. Here it is. Jolly good. good. Do you say jolly good? I don't think I've ever said jolly good. (laughs) so I will preface this by saying, and I have to preface it or the question won't make sense, but um, this particular person, she has an eight-year plan 
with her marriage. That is when her last child will be out in the house and then she wants to get a divorce. But until then, she's going to stay with him. Um, And so she, this is her question. How do I get my husband to deal with his own shit slash trauma so that my kids and I can stop walking on fucking eggshells and so that I don't divorce him in eight years? Mm. Wow. I mean, just give her the magic answer. <laughs> Isn't this like day one in therapist school? Yeah. They're like, so when so, someone asks this question, yeah, this here's is, the answer. Here's the answer. <laughs> I would, number one, I mean, like, yes, I, so many more questions. I but mean, he, if I'm going to just surface answer. He has left the church as, as she. Okay. But he can't own it. He has to blame her for him leaving. Okay. It's very much like Adam and Eve in the Temple movie. Mm, okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. I mean, right? Disturbing. Um, hot Adam or less hot Adam? Which Adam and Eve are we talking about? Oh, the one that's not hot. The one that's hot can tell me, tell Eve whatever she, he wants to do. <laughs> um, all right. Off, just leaving like, the garden. Just off the cuff really fast. Okay. Like, people make, always people are making choices about their marriage. So it's like, if she's making a choice to say, I'm going to stick with this for eight years, then she's going to have to do a better job of like not actually owning his shit. Okay? She's got to just say it's not mine to worry about. The the therapy word for this is differentiation. There's lots of information. There's a wonderful audio interview by David Schnarch that he talks about this idea about how do you be relationally mature? That's really what it is. It's like saying everybody has their own mad, glad, sad, scared. We draw a circle around each other. Josh, you're in charge of yours. Ashley, you're in charge of yours. I'm in charge of mine. But you being always Owning. Oh, sorry. It's fine. Sister Twain. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm failing. She said our she said our real I, names. Oh, we it's don't fine. totally we, we don't cur. I mean I, I'm the worst. Twain doesn't care. Okay. Uh, every guest star has done Okay. Twain. Well, I did it too. It's and fine. I always think, oh guest star, you said the wrong name. <laughs> I've been so judgmental. And here I go do it. Now you've learned. Now yeah. you've learned. Okay. So I would just say go to therapy. Number one, if you have the resources to do it. Okay. She does. She makes her husband make lots of money. Okay. Well, then she but- should like actually go and process this and unpack it so that, you know, there's probably a lot of dynamics at play that I don't know about from just one question, but I would suggest working on yourself because when you work on yourself, then it has a ripple effect like a mobile in a baby's room. So she can't make him deal with his shit. No. She just needs to deal with her own shit. She needs shit. to show up as her best self. Yeah. She needs to say, okay. hey, that thing you did made me sad or mad or scared or whatever. And like really do own like emotions one-on-one work on herself. Okay. Amazing. And you would hope that then it trickles into him being like, wow, she's and then if it doesn't, And then if, and it, if doesn't, it doesn't, then you make a different decision. Yeah, or you've got to just say, head down, I'm getting through eight years. And right. like... Then right. just be like, not my circus, not my monkeys for yeah. him. Oh, yeah. I am so hard right now. Okay, what's our next question? Okay. okay. Um, let's ask this next question. There's just, it's a myriad of topics. A myriad. Myriad of topics, right. So let's ask, I have a couple of questions. Just, that, don't do British accents anymore. Why, I'm so good at it. I know, you're, I you do paid, a wonderful Jessie. job. I get paid to teach people how to talk like this. You do. Does she do a good job? Don't! Anyways, I mean, so <laughs> next question. Next question. Anyway, okay. Somewhat related again. Somewhat related again. Okay. It's pretty good. Question number one of the related topic. 
Okay, wondering what your opinion is on monogamy. Mm. Is it in our nature? Do we put mm. much too much weight slash pressure on it? Is it realistic mm. to have a non-monogamous or polyamorous relationship? So that's number one. Okay. Number two is... My my wife mentions having other sexual partners sometimes. It scares the sense out of me. I think maybe he meant shit. Um, just thinking about it. Is that a Scottish saying? It scares... Cindy, is <laughs> Cindy? that a Scottish saying? Can it scares check, the sense out of me? Can okay. you check on that? I feel insecure in our marriage as to how happy I am able to make her. Parentheses, to be honest, it is mostly my self-hating perspective. At the same time, I Cheers, feel, buddy. At the same time, I feel this is her slash our only chance at life, and I want her to be happy, fulfilled, and to not die without regrets. How can I navigate this without being broken? I just want to add my own two cents. I think... I would like to I think everyone who's in a non-monogamous relationship tells, says that monogamy is impossible. Mm-hmm. And everyone who is in a monogamous relationship looks at people in non-monogamous relationships mm-hmm. and says that that's impossible and it's mm-hmm. going to end. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks that everyone else is doing it wrong. <laughs> and I'm just watching Netflix, you guys, and drinking bourbon. <laughs> and it's working fine. It's working fine. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? My thoughts are like, obviously, this is a big thing happening with post-Mormons because they are having like lots of regret. Like I was a baby when I met you and we only married each other because we were both Mormon and like now we're grown up and like now what? I didn't have all those sexual experiences, right? So what I want everyone for everyone is to have, again, like maturity. This is like my, okay, like, like maturity, maturity, maturity. I love this. This is like my dream with you guys chanting all of these words. Okay. So I just think like what happens is that when you leave Mormonism, that just was so given the authority at you, right. You have to then create your own sexual authority, right. And figure out what works for you. Okay. Oh, say that again. So you have to then get your own sexual authority. Sexual what are my authority. What are my values? What yeah. do I think about things? Right. So obviously, stop. Okay. Stop. <laughs> no, I feel awkward. You even made me blush. Okay. Sister Twain made the sex. But this is blush. happening. Outside of Mormon culture and also within post-Mormon culture, monogamy is on the rise. Okay, like right. I've been doing it's therapy. On the rise. I mean. Non consensual non monogamy is on the rise. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. I was saying it wrong. I was okay. like, okay. I'm throw so in the paper. Okay. Again, I obviously want people to do it maturely, and you got to do it for the right reasons, right? right? And you got to really think about that. Okay. Okay, and then I guarantee you, all of our gentle listeners are going. What are the right reasons? Okay, so there's. I would say I'm going to just give quick resources. This is a whole podcast conversation. Yeah. This like consensual non monogamy thing is like a thing that we could talk about for a long time. There's this great app called Anchor. <laughs> Dot FM. Oh, I could maybe make my own podcast about it. Okay. You could. Um, I would say Dan, I just pushed her away. I'm just Dan, like, just go away. Obviously, Dan Savage was the one that termed this like consensual non-monogamy thing. Right. He has a really wonderful YouTube presentation from it's if you if you go to YouTube, say Dan Savage, Dangerous Ideas. It's an hour long where he talks about this and it's really good actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. But people have to like say that they, they, we, everybody has to make their own contracts. Around monogamy and non-monogamy, too. Everyone has to make their own contracts. Yeah. There's no one set parameter. Right. But I want people... But I've seen marriages be super messy, and I've seen non-monogamy be very messy, yeah. and I've seen marriages work great, and I've seen non-monogamy also work great for people. And what is it that makes it work great regardless of the mm. status? 
is that people communicate. communicate. Yeah. Ooh. And right. Okay. Communicate. 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 It sounds like CJ has some thoughts about this. No. Oh. oh. She's just a, oh. she's just adjusting the uh, blanket okay. with candy corn she's on it. Adjusting okay. Her tits. That's my that's my simple thing. I don't like it when people make messes of their life. Okay. okay. Right. And that's what I'm saying. We got to really look at the right reasons. God I think going it. to therapy if you're in a monogamous relationship and you're thinking about opening it up, there's a book called More Than Two that's a good <gasps> book. Do you know this no. book? Okay. There's also just I think being able to be really like a lot of times when people move into non-monogamy it changes and knowing that like there's evolution around it you know like anyone that i've seen maybe started a place that said it's just going to be about sex and then it changes and it's only going to be the four of us or something it like things change so yeah i I, yeah uh did you have to say something or you no i just love every single thing she said i think this is another area and i mean far be it for me to express sexual health at all because i'm not sexually healthy but i think like i think this is an area again where the queer and the and the kink community are better there's no assumption of monogamy in a queer relationship there is not there almost never is right. you know whereas I, know. I think in a heterosexual relationship there's almost always an assumption there's of monogamy a, because like, that sort of we culturally know it's mon- monogamy means this yeah you don't yeah. masturbate you don't look at porn yeah yeah or, yeah and, you know and then there's even... a, yeah so the rules are more defined whereas i think in a queer or in a kink relationship there that this tends to be a conversation earlier on because there is no assumption really, of what I, this relationship definition is. I agree is. with you 100%. And I even in monogamy, people need to be doing these com- kind of conversations. Right. Like, what's okay, what's not okay? Is flirting with the coffee girl okay or not okay? You know, like, right. Yeah. I know, I know a married person who can't even say to their spouse that they find someone attractive yeah. and it might be someone they saw on the TV. Yeah. Jealousy does not equal love. Yeah. I say that all the time. Yeah, right. thank you. They can't so, even say they thought Jennifer Aniston was attractive. Exactly. Okay. So here's a follow-up question, similar thing. Okay. And Because I want every gentle listener to be heard. How do you reconcile different sex drives mm, in okay. marriage? Okay, that's why Come As You Are is a great book. So please, I'm going to plug that again. Okay, I know I keep going back to that, but no, I mean it. Love okay. it. We love it. It's on the way okay. to my house. Um, let's see. Quickly, I'm just going to do one thing with science on that. Okay, so desire is kind of on a spectrum. You have spontaneous desire, which has kind of been sanctioned as the right desire. Just like, oh, falls out of the air, and you're like, I'm in the mood, right? And then on this other side of the spectrum is responsive desire. And that's where it's like, ooh, I got to get my sexy brain on. And like, it's like going to a party, and you're like, I don't really want to go because then I got to talk to people and be social. And then you go and you're like, oh, you know, I'm having a good brother time. coffee. Yeah, like, this I'm is me. Literally me. Literally right? me every party. And sometimes I go that's to. how sex works with responsive desire and knowing like what your personality is and what your partner's personality is. So I tease my husband that like, number one, my sex brain is always on because I'm always talking about it. Like, yeah. I talk about it so much. And people always say, TMI. And I'm like, you have no idea <laughs> all the things I'm talking about <laughs> all the time. Yeah. You know, and so, but I sometimes, there's times when I'm like, I haven't had a sexual thought all day. But then we're like, hey, we should do the thing that we do. And then I just say, hey, if I lean into responsive desire, I know I like sex. Right. And so it's like, then we have language around that. So, but being, being able to have like an openness and saying, I'm willing to have sex. I might not be having spontaneous desire right now, but again, every couple's different and then they've got to like really unpack their sexual personalities together, communicate, talk about it, all things. Communicate again? Yes. Communicate. 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 Okay. 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 So that was a quick, these are, I feel really guilty. I mean, no, no, don't. I'm like going so fast. Because here's the thing. Even if you just gave a one sentence answer, any gentle listener that feels like they're being heard, I know means a lot. Okay. So Uh, I want to just add some, I do want to, I have a follow up on that one. I know you're trying to get through everybody's questions. But so it's okay in a relationship to Mm. say, I'm not super in the mood, but like, I'll go with this. And then like. 
as things are going along, like maybe you get more in the mood. Yeah, or whatever. I don't want people lying. I say like fake it till you make it. It's not true with orgasms, right. you know, and stuff. I don't want people to fake it. But I, but you know, in like in a relationship, hopefully there's some kind of flexibility around like, hey, like this is a thing we do. Yeah, and like this should be a part of our dynamic, right. you know. And so, thank you. You know, and so being able to say sometimes I might not be like super horny right now, but I want to be open and willing to saying maybe I could get in the mood and. Sometimes you might say no, but being able to say, I'm saying no, but it doesn't mean I don't love you. Right. Right. And I right. think that's what happens. It's like, if you're the higher desire partner, every time that person rejects you feels like a personal rejection. Yes. Right. 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 And it's like, yes. oh, you got to unpack that together then if that's what's happening. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, one more quick one and then we're going to take a break. Let's do a qu- another one. And then after that, I think we can narrow the rest of the questions down to just two more themes. Okay, great. Okay. So... Uh, because these are all quick and easy to answer. Oh, um, okay. You guys, the thing about sex and sexuality is it's so easy to deal with. It's just, it's really boils down to simple, uh-huh. quotable you, yeah. Instagram first, quotes. You become an alcoholic first. Well, and if you just can post, just post a fun quote on Instagram and uh-huh. then underneath it you just write this. This. And that answers. In all caps. That, that answers all, all right. your sexuality questions. Okay, goals. so before our next break, here's uh, a question. And this is from a Nevermo. Okay. Being a confident, sexually dominant male without being patriarchal swine. Mm. Now, here's Sister Twain's response to this because I, I feel like I like being the submissive in the bedroom, mm. which I don't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. I'm totally, f- I want to be pushed up Ravished. against the wall. I want to be down on all fours. I want to be choked. I want all those submissive things that are totally taboo in regular mm-hmm. society. You can listen to our uh, five things in our porn yes, episode. You and can listen. You'll to talk that. about you can. Of those things. You can. Elegant. Yeah, in the castle. And South. mine were like Republican <laughs> women speaking truth to power. <laughs> you mean Democrat? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but this particular never mo male, who's also uh, lives in Europe, okay, um, and, and is not native to the American American. American All of this things. is irrelevant. I. It's fine. It adds rich culture. <laughs> This anyway. person who lives in the European right. continent hey, and who is not native to the American <laughs> continent. And I'll just continue in a British accent to continue to add to the culture of this question. So what's the question? How can you be a confident, sexually dominant male in the bedroom without be feeling like a patriarchal swine? It just seems simple to me, but go ahead. Oh, I would love you to answer. Tell us. Yeah. Well, because... Because in the bedroom, it's more about our raw, most base desires as long as, again, there's communication and consensuality. Consensuality? Sure. Is that a word? Consensuals? Sure. Anyways. um, Consensual. Thanks. (laughs) I mean, I think, like, if we're talking, like, power dynamics in sexuality, right? Yes! It's super hot! Okay. And so, like, I don't think that that means that he is, like... A patriarchal swine. That's so, about preference and okay. power yeah. exchange that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I don't... Like I, if in real life, he's a patriarchal jerk. And he and I, and I he's not at all. He's okay. great. But he just likes to be dominating. Why do you personally know every single one of the people who's everyone. asked a question? You're like, okay, so just to give some background, he's blonde. He has... He wears... He wore a silver hoop earring in the 80s, but he doesn't wear it anymore. It's he has a cat 
rich detail. He has a cat named Ginger. Um, and his house has a red brick exterior. If that helps. If that helps. Um, so, yeah. So, so my guess is this man, this isn't a guess. I do know this. This man has been in a long-term relationship. Okay. So there must be something that's not okay with, with a the cat partner, named Ginger. With the partner for him to be... I, I mean, let's, yeah, seriously, like, uh, I mean, I know men who, uh, when I moved to Salt Lake four and a half years ago, I went through a couple of zip codes as we've talked about, mm-hmm. we've talked zip about codes zip worth codes. of men. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so many of them had been in just relationships with their ex-wives mm-hmm. and I bet eight, four, one, two, four was the best one. <laughs> it feels like a good zip. That code. sounds like Draper's. It's like kind of East Mill Creek. That sounds pretty good too. Yeah. Anyways, but um, like lower East Mill Creek. <laughs> I don't know about that. But anyways, um, I'm so drunk that I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay. Anyway, power, 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 power dynamics. Power. 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 power, power. power. Let's take a break. <laughs> so for my, so for my dear, not never mo friend. Okay. Do you have a quick wrap up because we kind of we're kind of crazy, but on the um, was this the, the patriarchal swine? Yes. Okay, I would just say it's like less about him being a total jerk and probably more about just like how do you talk about power dynamics and what people are interested in because he's asking specifically like my wife thinks I'm a jerk in bed. That's a, that I don't know that okay. I just am assuming, okay. but like. Because he didn't say, I like, I read verbatim what he... Okay. Uh, wrote. I have so many more questions. But, but like, but here's the thing. Do you agree with me that, that, that the taboos of our society of like... Mm-hmm. Um, Being choked or... Yeah, like, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like in, in society, take the bedroom out of it. I'm a feminist. Yep. I'm powerful. Yes. I am equal to... Totally. But in the bedroom, you if you to... want to tell me to shut the fuck up, mm-hmm. that's so hot. Okay. So t- talk about that. Yeah. And I just think it goes back to this thing of like, <laughs> sometimes you need to let go. You need to get out of that social role that you're in. Yeah. So much of like taking care of everything. Yes. And you don't want to be, t- you don't want to take care of anything in bed. Mm. Right. So it's like, you got to, mm. in order to relax and have fun and be playful, you got to get out of the social role. And then the man has... who can't do that male dominant thing in society Wants to do it in the bedroom. Okay. And it's fucking And everybody fine. wants different things. So, yes. And it sounds like he wants it. And you yeah. guys would be a good match, and maybe. It's, I know we would. I, <laughs> oh, we would. We would. We would. Anyway. I think he lives in Belgium. Okay. And, anyway. So, we had a great discussion off air yes, that um, we want to sort of bring up on air. About compersion. So, tell us, what does compersion mean? Is okay. that a new milk alternative creamer for your coffee? Yes. <laughs> It is not that. It's basically, it's a word that the poly community has really, you know, it's kind of their champion wording or whatever. Do you mean Polynesian? Because that's what the Mormons, when the Mormons say poly community, in Utah, when we say poly community, we mean, I just love those. Seattle has the biggest poly community in all the land. So, and I don't mean, or polygamous, you know, I don't know. No, being multiple loves. Okay. Okay. Like polyamorous. Yes. Okay. Um, they have a word called compersion, which is basically the opposite of jealousy. Basically saying, I'm seeing my partner have 
joy or having fun experiences with the other person and having revelations about themselves and things like that. So they really want to try to lean into compersion as they operate these non-monogamous relationships. As Brene Brown would say. Yeah, the, the prophet Brene Brown. Lean into compersion. <laughs> yes, lean in. But is there a way to develop that- compersion or is that sort of just like... Like, is there is there a way to to get to that point if you don't feel that initially, or is it something, or does it just have to kind of be there innately? Well, I'm not I'm not a pro on non monogamy. I just need to say that. Okay, I am in a monogamous relationship, but I see people that are open. Well, and I'm you sorry, said, and I thought this was really okay. interesting that, what that about years ago when you were practicing, you didn't ever, no you didn't talk to anyone who was in I, a I, probably like the first six years of my practice. It was very uncommon. Yeah, and then the and last five years, like, like I mean, not everybody, but many, but many people, of, people. And now that I'm seeing way more post Mormon people than I, and like I have kind of a niche of transitioning Mormons, post Mormons people at my practice. Like then I'm seeing it more. Okay. So, but this compersion idea is like saying, how do I really be able to look at my partner who maybe I've had a long-term relationship with and, or maybe primary, everybody has different structures around their being polyamorous. Right. I just need someone to say compersion therapy, please. (laughs) I think I I just, okay. I think that if you're struggling with it and maybe you have some jealousy, which of course comes up and you should talk about and all the things, but if you're having struggles with that, you should have compersion therapy. Go to compersion. <laughs> Is that good? Okay, Sister Twain. Okay. Okay. So I think that that's... My kids are sleeping, Sister Twain. So could you... Uh, anyway, so is, is that is that satisfactory? Yes, but I think the other thing that was interesting that we talked about is this idea of like... You don't have to define every detail of your relationship on day one. You don't have to be like, we're a couple and we're going to be monogamous and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Like, it's okay to say we are going to be monogamous now and then, and but we're going to be open to the idea of it not being, yeah, not being monogamous in the future. Or we're going to be open now, but Mm -hmm. we're going to be open to the idea of, yeah, being monogamous in the future or whatever. Totally. And things that I've seen people doing it well is when they say maybe they like mess up on some of the, like rules that they have around their own individual monogamy and being able to, they are going to mess up and knowing that, but then being able to come back and say, how do we watch our reaction? Because we still care about each other. We still want to be good, you know? And so people that do it well can say, oh, we kind of messed up. We broke that rule and I'm coming to you and being transparent because with non-monogamy, that is the whole thing. You're not being secretive like an affair. It's very, very different. Okay. So I, I, it's okay. So we're getting directed. We're getting coached. It's good. It's good. By all the tipsy people in the background from our Lord and Savior CJ. Okay. (laughs) So there, I see this a lot in the gay community and you talked about this a little bit earlier, but I think there is, there is definitely an idea in a post Mormon life of kind of a second adolescence, you know, of people. And like, and, and I think in the gay community, there, there are so many people that are like restricted, restricted. You can't have this. You can't do this. And then when they finally can, it's this like explosion of like, of like, my ex was 39 when he had a second adolescence. Yeah. Which is hard because then you have kids, you have a career maybe, you know? Right. And so it makes it really, really difficult. It's it's more messy than if you were just a reckless college student. Yeah, when you can make mistakes there. So it's like, I understand it's like, you know, you've been, you know, prescribed of how to live a life, you know, and then all of a sudden you then say everything's on the table of having to make my own authority about lots of things. Right. Okay, so drinking. I love that you're using the word authority, by the way. Go ahead. Okay. So, thank you. And so... (laughs) Why do you love that word? Can you answer that? Oh, because it was such an oppressive word when we were all Mormon. 
that the mm-hmm. authority was something imposed upon you. Yeah. And now we're was. saying lots uh, of things are but right. now it's dictated to you, this right? Self authority. But I want I want people to be able to say, like, how do I be congruent with myself? Right? Like how do I get in alignment with like saying, Hey, I wanna like but you have to do this like, yeah, you gotta figure out how to drink. You gotta figure out what are my sexual values. As a couple, what are our parenting values? You guys have talked about a lot of this stuff, yeah. which I think has been like really Nice, you know. Thank you. Thank you. And so, and you but do I it in a lovely, irreverent way. But so. I think that's really important because we do, you know, when you leave a structured religion like Mormonism, especially when you're in a marriage or you have kids, you do have to make these decisions of like, okay, well, what do we value, or right. what what do I care if my kids swear, or do I care, right. you know, like you there, you no longer have this easy answer of like, well, Jesus told us not to. Right. You've got to figure out what matters to you. Right. And I, but I think like the idea of doing that with your body and with your sexuality, mm-hmm. I don't, I. I think that's that might feel like a trickier step for some people. Well, and like even if I have like gay gay boys, I'm going to say gay Mormon boys. Okay, right. maybe they're men. You know, it's fine. Whatever. But then they like that's a website, by the way. Gay you know, Mormon boys. <laughs> it's a porn. It's not. It's actually not. It's just Mormon boys. Okay. But anyway, it has a Z. There's a Z in there. You guys, it's fine. They're sisters fine. with a Z. That's sister oh. missionary porn. Oh, there you go. It's kind of what Mormon like, boys. It hurts anyway. my eyes. It anyway. totally hurts my anyway. eyes. Anyway, um, I was saying. When you have these gay Mormon boys. Gay Mormon boys come in. And I guess for me, like, my worry for them is I do want them to be congruent. I do want them to be okay with who they are. But I also don't want them to engage in high-risk behavior that sometimes happens more, which is what you're trying to describe, right? right? right. Because I want them to be safe. I still love them as my tribe, you know? And I'm not saying I don't want them to experience sex with a man. Anyway, what are you going to say? That leads into my next question. Can we transition? Okay. Second adolescence. Please try to do it in a healthy way. Be safe. Be yeah. safe. And be thoughtful. Be responsible. If you try have to, a partner, communicate with like your partner. Like maybe go, yeah. maybe go slow. Slow sometimes. Like yeah. it doesn't mean yeah. don't. I'm just saying, just like be a reasonable adult. You guys, and we're I, forty. We can't I, do all that shit. But I, I think. Maturity. 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 Okay. Oh, wait, wait. Maturity. Maturity. <laughs> anyway, no, but like, really, um, what I was going to say was, I, I have it, said. You love it. Fuck off. Um, uh, what I was going to say was like, I'm fuck. But I'm glad that I went through my second pu- pu- adolescence. Sorry. I'm, I'm I've had so much black hawk down. No, I'm so grateful that I have done the things that I would have done as a non-Mormon in my 19s. Yes. 19s. Age appropriate. Like developmentally 20s, appropriate. My teens and 20s. That you missed. But I did them in my 30s and 40s. Yeah. In a much safer way with my frontal lobe fully formed. More, a more controlled yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, okay, last moving question. on. No, it's not. It's not going to be the last question. We, we have to get. Can't get to all of the questions. But right. but, but but as a, th- a couple of themes. Oh, okay. 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 All right. So, sexual trauma. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go through three different ones that all have to do with trauma. Okay. Of Great growing time. up. Okay. Not just actual sexual trauma, which I'm only assuming um, because no one has said I have had sexual trauma from abuse or whatever. Mm-hmm. No one has said that in their questions, mm-hmm. but I can only assume. Okay. Um, but, uh, but these are also all former Mormons. Okay. So if you are traumatized sexually, if that trauma contributes to what you want sexually, is that icky or unhealthy? Okay. So that's... That's like years of therapy right there. Okay, so, and then the next one mm-hmm. in the same theme. Mm-hmm. My question for P- PSH, Philip mm-hmm. Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Please share tips for overcoming sexual prudishness. Okay. I can only imagine that has to do with the sexual trauma of being Mormon. But that's, 
me kind of putting words in their mouth, but at the same time, anyway, the next one is I like sex. I can have multiple orgasms, but sex feels so unsafe to me still, even after I've been done with the church and intellectually understand that what I was taught was wrong. Why can't I feel safe? Okay. Where do you want to jump in? Oh, with the <laughs> with feeling unsafe, like, with the first off, I would say when you when is there when is there when there's sexual trauma, mm-hmm. for sure I would say go to therapy. Number right? One. Unpack it. Number EMDR one. is a really you know, like trauma focused type of therapy awesome. where it's like lots of brain. They do it for PTSD people. They do it for vet veterans, like people that Can have you this. give a quick snapshot mm-hmm. of what EMDR is. Yeah. I am not trained, but okay. I will give a quick shot. It's basically like the, the, your brain has a memory that it didn't process correctly. It didn't exactly. go into like, if we've watched inside out, your brain's supposed to go like have the memory and it's supposed to roll down into uh-huh. like with like Bobo the clown or whatever that guy is, right? Who is it? I forget. Anyway, it's been a long time. It was a good part. Anyway, so technically that science that they did in that Pixar movie is kind of correct about memories. So what happens is, is like the trauma keeps bouncing, 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 and it's almost like continuing to re-traumatize you until you process it through this EMDR therapy that they do. Um, It's like kind of the brain, the two sides of your brain. They try to do some stuff and then it hopefully gets reprocessed in a way, different way. You mean right brain, left brain stuff? Yes, exactly. Both sides of the brain. And then it like hopefully through the therapy, it gets put into the right place of memory bank. Okay. Okay. That's so basic. I'm sure I insulted every EMDR (laughs) therapist. But none of them listen to this podcast. Okay. 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 I don't know. We have like a Presbyterian pastor that listens to this the presbyterian pastor (laughs) lessons okay in terms of like the trauma and like maybe having preferences in bed sometimes from people in the kink community that i've heard they often say that sometimes kind of like playing out some of that trauma is healing i love it okay i don't know i mean i would also suggest this person hey go to therapy and like really explore that because i have i feel sad not being able to like ask more questions i know but I have heard from people that are kind of like that actually maybe you've had you can kind of role play some of the kind of experience and the pain and then you you get to like take over and you get a that person that you're so scared of or mm-hmm. that kind of traumatized you, you kind of do whatever role play that you need to do to help kind of help with the healing or whatever. And so. I think that's fantastic. Instead of shying away from those things, lean in. <laughs> Cheryl Sandberg, I think. <laughs> <laughs> anyway Cheryl Strayed okay. Brene Brown we don't know who knows so and then for the for the one gentle listener who said I love sex and I have orgasms but there's still a, an unsafeness mm-hmm. about it yeah and I would have so much questions about why does she even feel unsafe with her partner yeah is she not able to get into her body during sex is she just in her head more what feels scary about it and I I have I'm, I'm getting to know this this gentle listener as a friend okay and I honestly don't know if she's tried some psychotherapy but that's probably i think it's good for you just having awareness to say oh here's this anxiety thing that's bubbling up and that makes me not feel safe but i can self-soothe and i can give myself affirmations that say i get to have pleasure i'm worthy of this experience all of that stuff interesting i love that okay leads to change um two different questions on the same thing um opinion on teenager sex and masturbation with masturbating, do you let them figure it out on their own? And this is geared towards females because I okay. think that uh, a male child or a child with um, 
genitalia of a male. The toy you can never take away. Right. It's a little bit different. (laughs) But this is directed towards females. Do Do we let them figure out masturbating on their own? And... Then the second question and the same thing, um, do we, we tell our kids consent and protection, but what is healthy sex life for teenagers? Mm, yeah. Okay. So Just master- again, some simple questions. Teenagers, <laughs> uh, sex, masturbation, yeah. all that. What's yeah. healthy, what's not healthy? Yeah. I, and I don't want to then now become the new sexual authority for someone about how they want a parent. So tits what my tits here, is, my I would say is yeah. being able to. Um, know what your sexual values are for yourself and how do you want to teach those to your kids, right? Like, that's an important thing to say. Am I okay with my teenager having sex or not, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to have a different feeling, right? I would suggest, at least into girls, Peggy Ornstein's book that's called Girls and Sex is very much worth a read. Okay, also her TED Talk is fantastic. In her TED Talk, she 100% says we should have our daughters be masturbating because of this pleasure complex problem that women have. In all of her research with her book is what she was finding that women feel sexually empowered and the feminist movement has done that. But when you really get into the nuts and bolts, women are still not um, like receiving pleasure as much as they're giving pleasure. So it's really sad. It's a, it's a dark book, but it's <laughs> worth a read. But I would absolutely... For me, I know my sexual values is like I definitely want my kids to be able to have appropriate boundaries around figuring their body out and not have shame with it. Okay. And what do you mean by – so what, I think that a lot of us, when we hear the word boundaries, we think of restrictions. Oh, okay. So what do you mean? Like, I mean, I have younger kids. I don't have teenagers yet, but, like, they're, I have four boys that are all playing with their penises all the time. And so I say, <laughs> hey, dudes, like – where you, like you need to go in your bedroom or the bathroom to play with yourself. Like right. if you're going to play with yourself out at school, you're going to get in trouble, right? <laughs> like, or like, it's like, I don't want them to get made fun of. Like there's, you know, situations that you could like, you know, be problematic. Right. Oh so God. in terms of just like saying, I don't want them to have shame with it, but I also don't want my kids to be educated by pornography either. Right. Sure. So it's like, I want them to be porn literate like when it's like age appropriate for them it's like you know so there's there's you know this is a whole big topic god damn it there's a pod there's a thing called anchor i should start a podcast (laughs) okay Okay. so i want to throw in one i know i want to throw in one last thing she doesn't care she doesn't care that i'm like pointing at the time she's like i don't know and this is because it's a dear friend of mine who i've known for um a few years wait hold on Hold on. I emailed all of her friends and said, can I you bring those questions? I didn't. We find that at the end. It's all Sister Twain's <laughs> questions. These are all Sister Twain's questions. <laughs> I don't know anything about this listener, but her name is Tiffany, and she and I went to high school together. Okay, what's your best friend's okay, question? Okay, it's not. It's not. Okay, so, but... Um, uh, okay, I'm just going to read what this person wrote. I... I and and they they sent it today, okay. so I believe that a lot, like maybe the majority of straight men, want a dick in their mouth sometimes. Ooh. People would be surprised how many, and it's one of the most common hidden issues. Okay. But most of these men are not attracted to men. Men just love yeah. penises. What do you think of that theory? Okay. I have lots to say. Go I'll ahead. Try to keep it short. Okay. Okay. You're fine. Okay. So I think that female sexuality has, we've allowed a lot of fluidity around it, but male sexuality is not allowed oh, fluidity. Okay. So if women have a like lesbian phase or something, they call that it's college. Yeah, they yeah, call yeah. it college. Yeah. Right. And, but if men have some sort of like sexual male experience, they're like, you're gay. Ew, you you're know? gay. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times, but she is right. There are a lot of straight men that are having sex 
with gay men. Mm-hmm. Some of those reasons are because sometimes men will do sex acts that women don't want to do, like a really hard blowjob or something. Sometimes anal sex is something that women... Women, get your shit together. Okay. <laughs> anal sex is another thing that like maybe a lot of men want, but maybe many women won't. So a man might literally feel straight, but he it's a sex act more right. than than necessarily being oriented or even bisexual. Amazing. If we're going to use that word. Amazing. So... It's perfect. <laughs> so there's some fluidity that we don't grant around men. Straight men, just call me. Let's take a break. <laughs> We're back. And we're going to wrap it up. And we want to say kudos. Kudos. What a fantastic, an amazing, uh, we're, we're, we're professionals in the way that I are have. We, are we? I have a theater degree from BYU and I have a creating writing degree. I have a creating writing degree. They call it creating writing. And so we want to tell Philip Seymour Hoffman, who has degrees upon degrees, what a good job they did. <laughs> Nor- you guys, normally this uh, hour and a half you've just listened to would cost you $400. So <laughs> yes. this is, so you're welcome. You're so, welcome. This was a lot that we were just like. We actually had to pay her that. We were so pointing, join pointing our Patreon. Shooting. It was like, do you want us to come on your tits, Philip Seymour? I don't Hoffman, know what you're talking about. Your eyelashes. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. We came everywhere and she filled, fell, she fell to it. Okay. She, anyway. So we're going to ask. So we're going to ask. <laughs> We're going to ask Philip Seymour Hoffman the five questions we ask all of our readers. Sister yeah. Twain's going to go get, a, get some fresh air and a drink of water. Oh, I am? Yeah, you should. Okay. okay. Um, okay. If your topic, uh-huh. Mormon Shame TM, yeah. I don't know if that's your topic, yeah, but in general, okay. was a cocktail. What is in it and what's it called? Ooh. Oh, oh crap. I that's a tricky one. All right, we'll skip okay. that one. It's fine. I mean, I would like to be witty, but I can't think of anything witty and wonderful. Oh, that's fine. Off the cuff. It What's be... your go-to cocktail at home? When you feel... Weed. <laughs> oh, weed. Okay. So her cocktail would be weed. And it would be called Mormon Shame that. TM. It would be Mormon Shame TM. That there we be, go. We're done. Strand. Which golden girl are you? I think that I'm Blanche. The slutty one. Yeah, probably. Oh, just I like yeah. talk about it. I shouldn't say and... slutty. But when I like, say slutty, I don't yeah. mean it as a negative. She's just like out yeah. there. Yeah. But like, I did love Betty White always. Yeah, she's You know, great. I was really drawn to her. Yeah. So yeah. I would want to be her, but she was a little bit more like She was naive and innocent. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm probably more Blanche, really, yeah. if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you had chosen a different topic to talk about other than sex okay. and therapy, um, what would you have talked about? I do, I do love to talk about Japanese toilet seats and bidets. <gasps> that, I have noticed this yes. on your Instagram. Yeah. I yeah. have a bidet. <gasps> What? Just a tushy. <laughs> a tushy. Just a tushy. How Nothing you, fancy. How do you like it? I love it. Yeah, everyone loves it. I love it. it. We're savage in here in America. Here's the thing with the tushy is okay. you can buy the tushy that plugs in and one. heats up. Yep. I don't have a plug by my toilet, so yep. I just bought the regular tushy. Yeah. So it's just like ice cold water <laughs> <Yes>. up the <laughs> business. <laughs> and guess what? I love it. I know. In the morning, See, I'm I, like, whoo! Yeah, we, we have go. one that has the t- heated seat. Right. The, the water's whole, warm. Yes. I can oscillate it. I can massage it. I can have the front, the back. Yeah. There's a dryer, but it smells like my boy's pee, so I don't use it, you know. So I am a big fan. Just pee on the I think dryer. with like UTIs and post-sex and periods and exercise and just having a clean rimming, bath. rimming. I'm sure pre-rimming. Right. Get 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 right? a bidet. Get a bidet. You guys. Everyone. Get a bidet. Okay. So that's what I am can. Everyone in the room about. raise their hands if you have a bidet. Bidet, Mike. 
<laughs> it's just it's just PSH and I. Okay. You guys, ask. everyone go get a bidet. We're the only ones with clean with clean, clean buttholes. <laughs> All y'all in your I dirty buttholes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what is one thing you wanted to ask us? I know you have so many things you I wanted do, to ask. I us. do. So my first one was for Josh. Okay. Brother I mean, Coffee. Brother Coffee. I'm failing. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Brother Coffee. Okay. So this is a I'm thing. terrified. Everybody talks about like okay, if you've been in. Uh, mom mixed orientation marriage uh-huh. and then you've only had sex with women but you've been oriented not to women right was your first sexual experience like they kind of talk about it where you feel like oh, i'm with the right person and i've always wondered like was it like that for you where you're like wow it's a different thing. yes um oh shit <laughs> <laughs> the first person i was with i'll be honest was not like the best or safest experience okay. and so it was a little not that. It right. was a little not that, but there was definitely I, – I will say this. The first person that I was with before we did anything sexual, we went to a movie and we were, like, watching the movie and kind of holding hands and kind of cuddling. And that, like, was the most, like, sexually charged, mm. like, beautiful – like, I was mm. dying oh. inside the whole time. <laughs> like, just dying okay. inside. Yeah. And then the actual sex was fun and it was good, but it was not – it was not the best circumstances or the safest okay. circumstances. So, okay. but for sure, that sort of connection and like the holding hands and the FCE. rubbing each other's leg in the movie, you know what I mean? Oh. I was just like dying inside. What yeah. are you saying? The FCE, the first connection energy. Yes. I was, I mean, I couldn't, like, I couldn't, I still think about that oh. and I still, I still like crave that, you yeah. know, because it was so intense and so beautiful. Oh. Okay. And you so, had never had that before? No, 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 no. Not okay. at all. No. Oh. Uh-huh. I love that story. Thank you. Uh-huh. Well, maybe the same for you when you finally had sex oriented to someone that you were oriented with. I have other questions for you, but this one we'll just we'll just for the for the for, for the, the pod. Sake, yeah. What uh, when just, you had sex with someone who was what was it like uh, or was, oriented to you? Were yeah. You like oh. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Uh, so this. So I was. A, as, I grew up as a. I grew up in the bayou of Louisiana as a little girl. When I was. When let I me was, let me start. When I was four years old, I grew. I, I lived in a bayou in Louisiana. When I was. Oh, God, Jesus, God. No, right. Listen, listen, here's the story. Um, So it was someone that I knew from high school, and he was the one that I thought got away. It was one of those. I don't know how often. Was he Mormon? No. I don't know how often you have people on your couch who are like, so there's this guy, and I think he's the one who got away. Okay. Right? This was the one who got away. Yeah. And so. You always had kind of a thinking about him always Always. and so when I was split with my husband I reached out to him and he was like yeah come visit me but then he got weird really quick and I was and all my friends were like you should not go see him he lived in New York City and I was in Cedar City and I was like whatever I'm going to see him and all my friends were like you are self-sabotaging and I'm like fuck you I'm going to see him Mm -hmm. and we did have sex um and um, I didn't have an orgasm, and that's just for the peanut gallery because I didn't care. I was thrilled to be with someone who was into women. And um, it at the time, right, because he was the, only the second man I'd only had sex with, was the most amazing sex that I'd ever had. Mm. Um, since then, I've had a lot 
better, way better, way better, way better, way better sex. And also there was no real connection except for that historical, like we were really into each other once upon a time. Mm. It's not the culmination of that. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, But um, it ended up being extremely heartbreaking because just like the first time you have sex at all, sometimes you think, Oh, I'm in love with this person. Right. And that's not what sex is. Yeah. Right. And so that that was part yeah. of that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Last question. What is one thing you know to be true now? Hmm. We didn't really talk about my Mormonism. We did not. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, I just, it's like stupid and cheesy, but just like, we just relationship over anything. Relationship is important. Love. It's the yeah. most important. Being present. What do you Should mean? I? What do you mean by relationship? relationships like my friendships like okay so any like, type of human yes, relationship like my, whether it's husband sister yeah. Spike doesn't believe in a romantic oh. relationship like i can have romantic relationships with so many people in my right. life right like i have a love story with my sisters you know i have a love story with hannah on the couch you know like mm. yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean or Not like put a sheet down you know what and i mean and just like how like I'm you know if i'm gonna couch. if i'm gonna think about what my legacy is i hope that people can say like oh man she really loved people well you know oh, I so that. that's what i think about that this is i'm so glad you're here this is the best thank you thank I'm you so, for coming philip Seymour Hoffman. you guys are doing good work i, I love just, your irreverence <laughs> i laugh to myself in my car driving to my therapy <laughs> practice because I want something light and fun. Oh, right. And sometimes you guys get heavy. Where do, yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of episodes that are not very light and fun. Yeah. They get a little dark and twisty. I want all the gentle listeners to know that when you are talking to Philip Seymour Hoffman about your shit or you're asking her questions, the way she listens is the most active <laughs> way of listening. She's, she's moving her hands. It's like she's a director of a play. <laughs> and she knows what the lines are. And yeah, yeah, and she's and she's waiting, and she knows how you're gonna deliver the line, and and her hands are moving, and her eyes are following you, and her head's shaking, not shaking, but like her head's moving, like a net bending kind of a thing. It's like when you're in, it's she's tracking you, yeah. It's like it's like when you're um, in the fourth grade and you're singing "God Bless the USA," (laughs) and your teacher is on the front, and they're like, "And there ain't no doubt I love this land." Like they're not singing. They're not saying the words, but they're like, God bless the USA. And they're doing all the hand gestures. And they're like, and I'll proudly stand (laughs) up next to you. This should be a video. Because if you could see the hand gestures I'm doing, it's amazing. That's how Philip Seymour Hoffman listens. It was a delight to be with you all. You're so great. So that's... Not necessarily. Okay, so we just, have, just we're just gonna end it. We're just gonna end it. We're just gonna end it. We're not else. gonna say anything else. Okay. We're just gonna end it. Merry okay. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Goodbye. <laughs>